0: cheese and pickle Hello, this is Comfort Blanket and I'm Joel Morris I'm going to be talking to someone who makes cool stuff that I like I'm going to talk to them about some warm stuff that they like, a book or a TV show or a record or a film that they find comforting they return to again and again whenever they need to feel better um, We'll have a natter about it and see if we can work out just what is so magical about it and what makes them want to keep going back to it This time I'm talking to Ellie Gibson. Ellie is a comedian and a journalist and a podcaster and half of the Scummy Mummies. She also decided to, during lockdown, become a Twitch streamer doing gaming videos for Twitch audiences and the other thing she decided to do during lockdown was become obsessed by a very comforting video game, Animal Crossing. For your comfort blanket. That's the first time someone's brought a video game on. You have brought the game Animal Crossing. I assume Animal Crossing New Horizons? Yes, that's right. Specifically it's- the most recent Animal Crossing game.
1: Yes, I think it's a couple of years old, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. it's 2020 it came yeah. out. Because it's very well really so linked. did a lot of things, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a big year. <laughs> Lots of stuff happened in twenty <laughs> twenty. There was a big release of various things. Um, but it was it's it's a game that's completely linked to that particular moment in history. Mm. in a very strange way, in a way that lots of games aren't. Because people it came out March 2020 at the moment that the world went mad.
1: The Prime Minister has announced the most drastic limits to our lives that the UK has ever seen in living memory. From tonight, you can only leave your home for very specific reasons. And, and at the same time, video games really came into their own, I think. <laughs> and Animal Crossing was at the sort of top of that, the front of that vanguard, really.
0: It was a massive hit. It's a mm. huge thing. I mean, it's the 16th best-selling video game of all time, bigger than Call of Duty and things. And it seemed to arrive at exactly the moment that people really, really needed what this game could offer.
1: Yes, and it was it's not new in terms of the series has been around for nearly 20 years. Right. So it wasn't a new thing. But um, it was new to a lot of people, including me. I'd sort of dabbled in the previous Animal Crossing games just because my job, because I'm a video games journalist historically. Yeah. um. So I had played it on the DS and I thought it was rubbish, quite honestly. I was like... This is tedious. What is this video game where I, I open it up and I've got a mortgage? I've got a mortgage <laughs> in real life. This is Video games are about excitement and escapism. This is awful. Uh, yeah, and then I lived through a global pandemic and my perspective changed. Joel, <laughs> don't know about you. <laughs> we,
0: two games came out and sort of defined that early bit of the pandemic and it was The Last of Us Part 2. I'm
1: going to find and I'm going to kill
0: every last one of them. And uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. And they seem to... I play both of them. I like both of them. But they seem to represent two approaches to the pandemic. One was to go, it's all terrible and I want to wallow in misery. Yes. In another pandemic, but a zombie one. And the other one was, I want to be a little anthropomorphic thing and buy hats.
1: Yes. And I think that's to do with maybe that there are two kinds of personality, which is something I've read about. And um, the, the writer Brené Brown talks about this. right? And I, I, I heard her talk about this when we were in the pandemic. So she's like, there's, there's two kinds of people when a crisis happens. Right. Either you just sort of want to close the curtains and pull the duvet up and pretend it's not happening or you're like, right, get my clipboard, and then you're like, <laughs> this is how we're going to survive this, and this is what we're going to do, and you're giving everybody else tasks, and you're like nailing this. And in real life, in the pandemic, I was I was that guy. So, um, my my best friend and comedy partner Helen, two weeks before the pandemic, found out that her husband had been having a four year affair. So that was quite a difficult time right. for her. <laughs> yes. And and uh, just to make it about me, let's you know yeah, who's yeah. the real victim here. I was like. <laughs> Well, what are we going to do? Because Helen is, you know, she's going through this big thing. And as as a globe, we're going through this other yeah. big thing. And she's, I'm going to have to run this business, basically. And my, yeah. my husband was, he didn't have a job. He was between contracts at the time. So I had to say to him, right, you're going to have to do the kids and the house. And I'm going to have to do the business. And Helen um and and that's that's how this yeah. is going to work and because he knows what he signed up for he said yes that's fine dear yeah. uh, so <laughs> so in the pandemic I was quite a manic person Your I was quite like yes I had the clipboard and I was like right we're going to edit the podcast and I'm going to learn Italian mm-hmm. and we're gonna, <laughs> you know we're going to do all this stuff <laughs> and um, Helen was like I managed to eat a sandwich today and I'd be like good well done <laughs> like that's what we did but then in term like in my sort of off time. I then needed a break from that. I yeah. need. I couldn't be the clipboard person twenty four hours a day because no one can. And that of course is the danger of those personality types, yeah. right? It sort of sounds on paper a bit like, oh yeah, I was really efficient and on it and great. But of course, inevitably, you you if you're not careful, you burn out. Yes, and you end up being a dreadful person to be around because you are bossing everyone around, and you're exhausted and crackers. Yeah. So yes. you
0: need to have something else, to, another place to go. Yes. Your escapism shouldn't be another game where you're in charge of everyone's well-being and the world's at an end, and you're the only person with four bullets and a knife. Yeah. And it's a bit you don't want to you don't want to sort of relax by doing the same thing again. I mean, it's, it's one of those things I, I find myself doing this where you're sort of very driven, and then yeah, what do you do in spare time? You're roughly the same thing, but for no reason. For no pay. Yeah. So it have been all day? Is, is that busman's holiday thing. You don't want to have a break doing the same thing. Yes. I suppose Animal Crossing is almost for everybody during a global pandemic, the opposite of your daily life.
1: Well... It is in terms of, and certainly it's the opposite of, of living through a global pandemic in that, no, well, nobody coughs in Animal Crossing ever no. from memory, Um, but it's not a game about death or grief or disaster or impending doom. You know, you're on this beautiful little tropical island and, you know, it's all, everything's brightly coloured and soothing, the music's very soothing and the waves are lapping against the shore. At the same time, I think it fulfils a need in people like me because you are in control and you yes. can put things in a nice, pretty order and you can decide what goes where. It's soothing for those of us who, who need <laughs> us, who are soothed by feeling like we have control. When in the external world, often, especially in a pandemic, you can feel quite powerless and like, yeah. you know,
0: it's a simulated environment. It's What's interesting about Animal Crossing, I think why people probably like you, who's a gamer, find Animal Crossing confusing before you've got hooked into it, is it appears to have no game. Mm. It's and this took me years to realise I'm listening to a a theorist of some sort say there are two sorts of things you can play with you can play with a game or you can play with a toy and a game is something which tends to simulate something like chess is a war or or Grand Theft Auto simulates like being in an urban environment being a criminal and you have goals and things you have to do in Ludo or Monopoly and a toy is a doll's house Mm. or an action figure of Woody and with a toy there's not a set goal there's just a thing to play with. And what shocked me being a gamer from when I was a kid playing Animal Crossing is I don't think I'd play with many toys on a video game. Um, and it is a doll's house. It's got the same appeal. Do you remember uh, the big yellow teapot or the Shuffley's Farm? Yeah. Those things you used to get in the Argos catalogue that were a little house.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you get them in a the catalogue. You didn't get them for Christmas oh, you, in my house. What
0: is You drew a circle around them and they <laughs> never arrived. <They laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Mirigo tree Treehouse, and New Treehouse Playground. It's discovery time. From oh That's what. Maybe that's what the fantasy is with um with Animal Crossing. Is it's a really good doll's house. Yeah. In which you can put your own furniture in. And maybe explain what the setup is for Animal Crossing. Someone who hasn't played it, it's it's crazy if you don't understand it as a game.
1: Yes. I mean, it's still crazy to me. I Already, I'm like, how am I going to explain this? It makes no sense. I'm Um, challenging you. Do it. It's your job. Come on. So it's a game (laughs) where you start off and you create your own little character and you can make it look like you, which I do because my ego is enormous. That's why I'm a comedian. Or you can make it look like, you know, you can have purple hair or be a different gender or skin colour or whatever, all of that. So you create your little person. And then I think you have a choice of like three island layouts. Yeah. And then you pick one of those and you end up on this island. And then you sort of construct... This little, this little island paradise. Basically, you start off in a tent, and um, you eventually you can upgrade to a house. There's a raccoon that you owe money to. You see, i I'm not explaining this no, well. No, it's not helping. It's, it's not <laughs> Uh, that, and there's <laughs> there's was, a bank run <laughs> by animals, and there's these other animals that live on the island. Some of them are hateful, but you can't, but you can throw them off your island.
0: But you're given, you're given you are a little sort of humanoid, kawaii, cutesy sort of human being. That's a better, yeah. And everyone else on the island looks like sort of, I okay, get Hello Kitty, uh, Rupert the Bear kind of. They've got clothes, but animals' heads. Yes. Like, like the, the sinister villagers in the Wicker Man appear yeah. on the, the wall and threaten you. They, it looks odd. It's a strange sort of animal But you start off with, you've got a couple of villages here with, and then slowly over time you earn money by doing things like fishing, digging for stuff, growing things, gathering shells from the beach. It's quite chilled, Um, but it happens over what feels like at the beginning an enormously long time because it's in real time Mm. so if someone says come back tomorrow you have to turn the game on tomorrow and play tomorrow
1: yeah and like there's there's shops there's like a little tailor's shop and and like a general store and they have like shop opening hours (laughs) (laughs) if you if you wake up with insomnia at 1am you can't go to the shop and buy some new shoes which is sort of strange but i understand that design decision in terms of making it feel like a real place
0: the whole thing feels like a real place as well because it's running in real time over the seasons as well. When you turn it on if it's winter, it's winter on the Animal Crossing island on whatever you call your island. And suddenly someone will say, "Oh, it's Christmas soon or Toy Day as they yeah. call it." Non-denominational events sort of roll around. And so my kids suddenly going, "Oh, it's really exciting. It's going, be, it's going to be Halloween soon on Animal Crossing. You've got to turn up and join in." And it's got this feeling that if you that you need to visit it every day otherwise you won't get the best out of it and it becomes addictive in a way that doesn't feel like gaming addictive what I, anyone who remembers Tamagotchis and things it's got a certain amount it needs looking after yeah your island and your characters need a little bit of care And it's a bit like having it like loads of pets,
1: and that's why I think one of the reasons it's a brilliant piece of game design because you can pop in for twenty minutes, you know, while you're on the tube or something, or you can get lost in it for four hours because I don't know. Let's say you want to make um, seventeen rows of pumpkins all in different colours, repeating again. If you're that kind of person, Joel, I don't know what kind of person you are.
0: Don't grow them wildly. Don't grow them randomly. No, don't be
1: a savage. <laughs> Got to go green, yellow, white, yeah. orange. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that.
0: It uh, takes as long as real gardening. It's that straight. <laughs> thing where it's a simulator. I remember playing Grand Theft Auto, 4, the one that was unbearable that took forever. Grand Theft Auto Four, and realised that my character had had more exercise than I'd had in days because he kept getting fat, so I kept taking him out for runs, and I was just sitting on the floor going, "He's eaten better than I have." <laughs> It's got that thing where you're looking after your garden in the game better than you might be your own garden. Yeah. I know the programmers, the designers said it was meant to be a very light, low stakes game, but it arrived at the beginning of lockdown when people had nothing else to do, so people just went straight into it and spent all day on the island because there's nowhere else to go. Yes. They couldn't do a lot of this stuff in real life. <laughs>
1: As the cliche goes, I did get back into games generally during lockdown because for me, games have always been somewhere to escape to. When I was at school, um, again, like 90% of comedians, I was bullied. So video games were somewhere I could go after school that was a a safe space. You know, it it wasn't just Animal Crossing. I also started playing a game called um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is set in medieval sort of, well, England and Norway and all these places. And again, it feels like a huge expansive world and you're really there and i love that and also quite like hacking people to death uh, as a means of stress relief it's not just growing
0: pumpkins is it yeah exactly. other (laughs) sides you're you're a nuanced complicated (laughs)
1: individual exactly (laughs) i'm very well rounded um so but i i liked the sort of having those two places and they did feel sort of they they not they didn't really feel like physical places because i'm not completely insane but they they the sensations were as familiar as like oh right i'm I'm going on holiday now or i'm going to a restaurant or i'm going to all the places you couldn't go We've
0: got control um, in a way that what was taken away from people during lockdown was control. They didn't have a choice whether you could go in or go out. And going to this beautiful little island, what I was really surprised by is my whole family got addicted to to Animal Crossing. I was upstairs doing what you do with video games. I was playing Last of Us. I was being a heroic zombie battler and things. And then suddenly this game arrived and it was a toy rather than a game. It was just a thing to play with. And I thought, I'm not really into those. I don't really. And then it was so addictive. It was such a good place to go. Mm. And part of that was being able to do tiny things in that world that I wasn't allowed to do in lockdown. And
1: also it was an experience that you could share. um, So you could have your own space and also share exploration. So my um, son, who would have been then like nine or 10, he got into it as well. And again, normally it wouldn't be his sort of game. He likes the shooty, shooty fortnighty things, but, um, he got into it and there's a feature in Animal Crossing where you can visit each other's islands. Yes. So you get on this little plane and and there's a weird sort of quite archaic sort of loading. You have to go to the airport and check in and all. <laughs> so again it feels a bit like going on holiday. It's almost as annoying um as going through <laughs> a real paperwork, airport, isn't it? It's, yeah, really, it's like really, irritating. really <laughs> odd. But then like we'd be sitting there and he'd be like showing me around his island and yeah. oh look I've got orange trees. Oh I've got oranges and then he goes some oranges and pl- and again for us that was a lovely sort of way of connecting that wasn't just staring at another screen or talking about what we'd like to do when it's all over but actually having a shared experience
0: Well, they they made a fuss of this on reading an interview with the the designers and they said that it was really important to release it globally all on the same day. Everyone could join in. and My kid immediately made friends with a friend's kid in uh, California and they were visiting each other's islands for a bit when they couldn't have real friends around. Mm. What shocked me about Animal Crossing, because it's a a stupid game about buying hats for animals, (laughs) uh, at the same time, it seemed to be answering a really simple set of human needs for things like friendship and nesting and control and what, having independence, mm. having agency, all these things that were taken away from you when you were in lockdown, when you couldn't sometimes buy the things you wanted. There was, you, went from, you forget we were queuing up to go to shops where there was nothing in stock.
1: Or indeed just, just arranging a load of pumpkins in the shape of a big knob, which That's is also good. a basic human... That fulfills a need in a lot of people, doesn't it? Just... <laughs>
0: Well, it's full of all that customizing shit. It's very, very weird. Again, as an old gamer, how important it is for the, for the younger generation. I, my kids are actually mad. We'll load up a game and it'll be amazing. It was like a Star Wars game or something. We we'll go, oh, we're going to fly a spaceship. And we'll spend like four hours designing the outfit of the person, mm. like dressing up. It's like paper dressing up dolls. I go, when are we going to play the game? Without well, rising for that generation, the customization, the ownership, the identity, the dressing up is ninety percent of why Fortnite is fun and why Minecraft. It's this, this desire to build things, mm. to make things, not just to play them. Has, yeah. has really taken over.
1: And and to make the game your own, again, which is one of the reasons yeah. Animal Crossing is, is is to my my son likes making um, you know, characters you know that sort of they don't always represent you. Sometimes they're girls which i'm very obviously very smug about because it means yeah. i've raised them correctly into be, being yeah. a good feminist but um <laughs> i understand that for him and um, fortnight is a very social game because it, you know in my day we didn't even have online gaming and yeah, for yeah. him online games that's a place you hang out so it matters to him what he looks like and how he's represented in that game and i think well yeah fair enough really
0: mm-hmm. What we're talking about, really, with, with, with doing a video game at all and finding comfort in a video game is why play is important, why it's important to have a space to play, I suppose, mm. and what you want from play. As an adult, I mean, certainly I grew up being told that one day you'd stop playing, that that was, that was important. And then, then luckily being Gen X, we all decided we weren't going to stop playing and we still have Star Wars toys and shit lying around the house. <laughs> it's an interesting thing to think about how adults still play and what you want from a game. What, yeah, what, and
1: I don't think adults do stop playing. I think, play, but play takes. If you if you're talking about play in the broader sense, you know there are lots of grown men who still do football on golf Sunday mornings. Was the oh, one, wasn't
0: it? Ah, oh. it was on television. Yeah. grown men who were like supposed to be like I don't know sort of footballers and, and celebrities. They were playing golf at me as a kid. <laughs> Very annoying.
1: Or or in cooking. I really like cooking, and a lot of that's So like, oh, what happens if I put yes. this in, or what does this taste like, or what you know? So I think play is is everywhere, and. I do. I am a big fan of of play generally and I think they do teach kids really valuable lessons about yeah. losing and failure but also that you know <laughs> That's if, Cuphead. That's <laughs> mainly to teach to kids that they
0: cannot win at a game.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um but also they teach you that if you you can teach yourself stuff, right? You can yeah. learn a system, you can break a system and you can get better at stuff through repetition, which is I think all useful skills. Would I rather my child was learning that free playing the cello? Maybe doesn't like the cello though, does he? So, no. so what are you going to do? You know, so
0: the number of people I got obsessed by this as a musician. The number of people who I meet and they I don't really play a musical instrument, and turn out they were grade seven clarinet. And you, yeah. you what? When I was at school, I played. I went what, what to that degree, and then you stopped. The number of people who learn and master an instrument and then they never play again. I think you might as well have been doing Jet Set Willy or, or, or Mario Kart. <laughs> you could still play that. Yeah. Get everyone around and play. No one invites you around to play the cello anymore, but even you're, no. good, you're really good at Mario Kart. You've got a set of transferable skills there. These games are really good, I think. This style of game that's got very big which is slightly simplified because games got slicker and slicker and they became more and more like, like a simulation of life that when you play Grand Theft Auto or uh, Star Wars, it looks like you're really in a movie and, and all the characters are really realistic and things. And there was this sort of what, what you get when, when your kid's playing Minecraft. It looks nothing. It looks like little Lego blocks. It looks like 1982 sort of graphics.
1: Oh, it looks like it's built out of CFAX. Exactly. Yeah, it's just...
0: And you think, how, why are the kids into this? And you think, oh, weirdly, it's really approachable when something doesn't look realistic. Yeah. And there's a thing with Animal Crossing is that it's, it's, not, it's not 3D in the sense you're not... It doesn't feel like you're there. It's like it's like looking into a doll's house's window. Everything's a, a, a sort of a fixed angle, and there are little bubble-headed dolls in there, and they're all quite simplified. And weirdly, that makes it look like you could probably play it. Yeah. it's not going to be too hard to play.
1: And 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 it's not in the uncanny valley like a lot of games yeah. still are. And it's and you, you, your brain. And can do the sort of do the leap like yes. if Finding Nemo had real sharks in it'd be absolutely <laughs> terrifying I don't want that I don't want that uh, you know well they're
0: letting you fill the gap in by sort of saying there's a little bit of, well I think and I think it's a deliberate attempt to make it a bit every level of Animal Crossing I'm getting the feeling that it's quite simple the dialogue is quite simple. There's little bubbles that appear above their heads. You don't have to put up with like bad voice acting or anything. Cheesy, translated voice acting. It's just little bubbles and <laughs> sort of gibberish sounds. You don't get stressed out by how much work the game's doing. Because mm. I play a lot of City Sims, I things like City Skylines. And I get really panicky that it knows where every single person in my city is going and <laughs> what's happening at the sewage works. In fact, I play City Skylines as a way of relaxing at the beginning of lockdown. And the first thing that happened was there was a, a massive public health event and everyone died it was the most stressful thing that could possibly have happened at the beginning of lockdown and with animal crossing a that's never going to happen and b it looks like it's quite software light mm. it's just deciding oh, oh that tree's blossoming it looks like the the machine itself is having quite a calm time it's not it's not going to get hot working out where everyone is because it's a small island with about 10 people on it
1: yeah yeah, but I think I think the work has gone into the design of it and yeah. and nailing that atmosphere and that tempo of it and and when to give the player something new to do yes. without making you feel like oh I've got more work I've got more. I'm never going to get any I'm never going to finish it. That's I think that's really and how yeah. it's cleverly designed the, the mortgage thing. <laughs> so it is like you <laughs> yes. do you do like to upgrade your house, you basically borrow money off this raccoon and then you have to pay him back and he's a bit of a tosser, but you can pay that money back at your own pace kind yeah. of thing so it's up to you whether you then spend six hours farming peaches or just <laughs> sort, of, sort of take your time stroll
0: up another beach looking for shells yeah. that's the version that's how I paid my mortgage back. is it what a lovely fantasy that is pick, <laughs> shell, pick stuff up off the floor litter just be a litter picker and you can sort everything out but
1: thank god it's not a British beach obviously because then you'd be just picking up raw sewage and jazz syringes bags. and old
0: yeah. bits of Lego <laughs> the calmness of it the fact that nothing's rushed you could play I had a nice feeling that you could probably play for ten minutes a day or hours a day there will be no Restrictions on it, but also that you could spend as long as you wanted playing it.
1: My friend uh, John S. Reed, who's a streamer and, and uh, quite a serious gamer, a big Nintendo fan, he decided when he started playing that he was going to collect every item in the game
0: whoa
1: that's too much that's, that's too big a bigger job there's something like 50,000 or something like it's crazy he did realise this was a, a, you know like emptying the ocean with an egg cup like this yeah, is yeah. just not and and sadly it did ruin the game for him I was talking about it today he was like it ruined the game because you know the, the, it's not a game for completists it's
0: that's not an achievement not based game yeah. So there's just enough achievement in it weirdly I got fascinated by this because the island you build and the house you build on the island and I should probably explain that you get your house and then you can decorate it You can go. you earn money by doing various sort of low level agricultural or collecting tasks and you can trade stuff up at the shop and you can buy things they'll have a, a fan or a, a a cup or a sofa on. on
1: but, but also really weird stuff as well oh, yeah. it's like the
0: middle isle of Lidl the animal yeah, it crossing is. The shop it's just like do you want a huge Godzilla for the garden yeah
1: yeah do you want a foot spa or four spanners I'm yeah. like I don't now I do I
0: think I do do I I don't there was, know there was a cryogenic pod and a gothic mirror on offer for this morning <laughs> and I bought the gothic mirror because I've seen Dead of Night and I think bad things are going to happen uh, uh, But yeah, you buy this stuff and you decorate your house with it and what's happened to my wife who loves nesting and likes antiques and likes collecting, her house has got bigger and bigger and bigger and keeps changing and she keeps winning prizes for it and as soon as I got a bed and a TV, I've done nothing to my house. (laughs) which is how we both were when we met each other. Yeah, it's like, it's like the
1: old stereotypical joke that, that does have truth in it, certainly in my house, is if it weren't for women, men would just live in a cardboard box. Yeah. There would be no curtains or cushions. Yeah. Like, they just wouldn't exist.
0: Yeah, in my in my thing, there's a, there's a guitar pedal board, a television <laughs> and a futon. And that's basically how I was living when I met my wife. Uh, and it's fine because that, what I can do, I can save that money up and spend it on more guitar pedal boards. It's yeah. ex- but uh, the the options you get to... You're not driven to, but in a really weird way, you do get to express yourself. And if you choose to not express yourself at all or just do the pumpkins in order or mow a dick into your lawn, there's no limits to what you can do. And weirdly, the thing you build and the world you build there is you.
1: Yeah, which is why my house has one room that is very beautifully coordinated and has a lot of um, oriental uh, Chinese style furniture in it and red walls and a matching room it's really nice and a futon it's all gorgeous and then upstairs i've got a room with like a a babby foot table and an arcade (laughs) machine one of those lightning balls where you put your hand on it and the lightning goes where your hand is and like a telly but it's shaped like an apple because that's really what i would like my house to be like
0: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What are the aims? What is the drive of it? And there is your friend trying to collect all the stuff. That's not the aim. It's not even... If you play like one of those Spider-Man games, you've got to collect all the packages that are hidden around Manhattan. That is an aim of the game. The aim of Animal Crossing isn't to collect all the stuff. No. Unless, because it's an analogue for real life... That's what you think the aim of human existence is.
1: Well, look, there is an argument, isn't there, that it is the game is is capitalism in its purest form. (laughs) It is it is about the accumulation of money and consequently stuff. Yeah. And then how you arrange that stuff. I mean that is that is capitalism, isn't it?
0: It's capitalism at the grand designs end. It's it's all for. It's all that's on the the Channel Four subsidiary channels is programmes in which people rearrange their stuff. Yeah, you can't afford. And I do think they should have a little Kevin McLeod animal <laughs> who comes round halfway through your building and goes... The pressure of managing this project through a pandemic forces a brave decision. You haven't got the windows in and the seasons are changing and yeah, it's all going to Yeah, you haven't flood.
1: thought work about where the waste pipe's going to go. Yeah. Come on, come
0: well, on. Then, it's nice that it hasn't got any of that worry in it because I've played these simulation games before and they get accurate and then they get stressful. Yeah. Then it becomes like really project managing and actual... Play House Flipper or something, it's quite stressful. Yeah,
1: yeah. What I think
0: what they've managed to absolutely ace in Animal Crossing is a simulation of capitalism without the stress.
1: Yes, exactly. Which is
0: really... I mean, you suddenly go, wouldn't it be lovely if... The acquisition of stuff and home comforts was this lovely yeah rather than this depressing which, which...
1: <laughs> yeah if you had to wouldn't it be nice if you didn't have to do something really tedious and boring or that you didn't really want to do shell collection you could just go and do shells and at a time when you felt like it rather yeah. than it's nine o'clock of what's going to collect some shells <laughs> um yeah i see that but but yeah and also you could ask argue it's quite it's quite fascistic <laughs> It does sometimes remind me a bit of Singapore. Like it all looks really nice and orderly. What's going no on? No one's on? chewing any chewing gum, yeah. but one wonders what's, what's going on
0: behind the scenes. Well, yeah. there's one of the things you could do, which my kids showed me, I didn't realise you could do, which is you can fly from the airport if you've got all the paperwork and you've done all your passport and you've got your number and everything. You can fly to another island yeah, where, and it's an artifact, it's a generated one that, that no one actually owns. It's all just generated, which is full of resources. And what you can do is you can land there yeah. and you can plunder those resources. And I thought, shit, it's like the East India Company. Exactly. It's the most colonial thing I've ever done. And obviously what you're doing is you go, oh, there's loads of oranges here. They don't, they don't, inverted commas, belong to anyone. So I'll take them back to the mother country and spend the goodies. And I, it's a bit like being from Bristol in like 1780. You do go and literally take all the natural resources from other islands.
1: Yeah. And then, and then once you're back <laughs> on your island, it is quite fascistic in terms of the the, the rules. Are quite definitely, people in charge on this island, even yeah. though it's your island, there's people in the town hall who tell you when you can and can't do things, and yeah, permits, got, you can't so just you put shouldn't. a bridge. Yeah, you have to get permits, and you have to wait for your permit. To, it's like you have to get planning permission. Yeah. I'm just saying, I could see how some people could find it problematic. Having said all that. <laughs> Despite the fact having called it a fascist game that about promotes, capitalism. promotes ruthless capitalism, having said all that, <laughs> I think that games should be allowed to be about escapism and they don't yes. have to be reflect the real world. And, and I'm actually, and actually, there are things and there are places in the real world that I also like for that reason. Like, I really like centre parks. Yeah. <laughs> I love Centre Park. I love going there. I don't care that all the trees were put there by like yeah. human beings with diggers. I don't care that the only place to eat is a mediocre Bella pasta. It's safe. I know what that is. I know what that spaghetti carbonara is going to taste like. I know it's going to cost too much money, but I know where I am. I like that there's a soft play in the Cafe Rouge for my toddler. That's what I want. I'd live at Centre Park as given the choice. I just think it's beautiful. <laughs> um if, if there's a zombie apocalypse, that's totally where I'm gonna where go. go. Because you've got you've got resources there. You've got like your little shop as and a flume. Something yeah, to keep the kids <laughs> occupied. Or, you know or you've got a big zombies. lake to put the zombie bodies in. I've thought about this a lot, Joel. <laughs> thought about it a lot. Um but I, yeah, I've got a friend and these friends of mine, they were going and I knew they would hate it. I knew they were going to hate yeah. it because they're just, they're just different kind of people. Not, not worse, I'm not saying that, but I just knew they'd different. hate it. And they came back and I was like, well, what did you think? And she was like, well, it's a bit like having a holiday at Terminal 5. And I was yeah. like, why wouldn't you want to have a holiday at Terminal 5? It's organised, it's clean, it's tidy, <laughs> It's got a pub, there's nice little <laughs> shops, there's loads of toilets, they're always quite clean, you feel like you're on holiday, it doesn't matter if it's raining, it's, you know, what's wrong
0: with that? It's a very international game, but it does feel incredibly Japanese. Yeah. That something about the fact that things are ordered and organised and there's a sort of codes of behaviour and decorum makes you go... Oh, God, it's really safe. And I've seen enough J-horror to know that doesn't happen all the time yeah. in Japan. But it's it's a, it's a very Japanese fantasy of sort of ordered, benign bureaucracy, that the systems are in place to make the world better, that if you follow the rules, then, then your garden will, will, will flourish and you'll do very well. And it's quite a calm place to be because a lot of questions are answered for you.
1: Yeah. Well, again, funnily <laughs> enough, you'll be amazed to learn this, Joel. Japan's one of my favourite places there to visit. It. What are the chances? <laughs> uh, I've been there quite a few times for work and I took my parents' on holiday and... And and I love it there. Um, but I did, my other favourite country is Italy, which I like sort of because the opposite, because it is a bit chaotic. <laughs> Nothing works yeah. in Italy. The trains never run on time, and the shops are only open for about half an hour a day. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got that element you of. animal like Italian it
0: Animal Crossing. Don't you? Oh, <laughs> okay. can awful. you turn it on, it wouldn't let you in. It'd be awful. <laughs>
1: Have you been back to your island a lot since lockdown?
0: No, I got nagged to because my birthday's coming up, and the the island and the islanders in a really sinister way know when my birthday is because you type it in the beginning. So there's all this sort of buzz going. Oh, it's going to be Joel's birthday! It's going to be <laughs> Joel's birthday! So my kid who's still playing it. Goes, you've got to be around for your birthday. We've got big plans. Uh, it's, I now feel the same pressure I do about a real birthday that i oh. to turn up. So I had to log on. And go back to my house, which I hadn't visited for months and months and months. I've been playing other games. And the great thing, if you go back to your house, there's cockroaches everywhere. Yeah, this is what happened to me the other
1: day. Yeah, you have have to to stamp them them out. They give little
0: cockroach ghosts. She's quite a Pac-Man. It's nice. Again,
1: fascistic. Yeah. (laughs) Just destroying animals.
0: What's funny if you don't go back is your house just stays there. People can pop in and see it. Yeah. The funniest one is my my brother lives in Berlin. And he comes to visit every so often. We play video games together. And he moved into animal... Crossing Island, uh, because my, my my kid said come and play and he invented a carried called Big Dave. <laughs> and Big Dave has a tent on the beach, which right. has been there now for two years, since the last time that my brother visited from Germany during lockdown. Um and Big Dave's tent is just there. Big Dave hasn't done anything. Big Dave has not acquired a thing because Big Dave just sat there and it's just in the way. Oh. And after a while, there was a brilliant thing that turned up since I last went there, which is you can collect things like you can collect plants and things. One of the plants you can collect is just weeds. And there's a big bag of weed outside, <laughs> outside the tent, which my kid has labelled, a little label, Big Dave's Weed. <laughs> so there's the impression that Dave's having a great time and he's just living on on shellfish. And it's pretty, yeah, if you abandon your tent or your yeah. house, it just stays there.
1: See, again, this is one of the good things about the game is, is that you can play it in the way that you want to. If you're playing The Last of Us 2, yeah. you have to get to the end of that. Story. Yeah, it's rigidly you narrative. Know, it's it's brilliant.
0: It's box set narrative. It's beautifully put together. But that's the opposite end. for yeah. this which is basically open-ended, not even a sandbox, it's a toy.
1: And it's and it's someone else's story. It's all about Joel and Ellie, which by yeah. the way are excellent names yeah. for characters they, in I anything. Think, yeah, they're, they're yeah. quite heroic,
0: aren't they? <laughs> quite
1: heroic, yeah. Ellie. I'm sorry about your daughter Joel. <laughs> uh, she's obviously superior. But um you <laughs> you but with Animal Crossing, it's a different like you say, it's a toy because you're making your own story and and yeah, you can be Big Dave, whatever. And, and again, that's a reflection of, of how different we are as humans and of what I think genuinely what people do. So I watched this show once, and I can't remember what it was called, Naked Something, not Naked Attraction, but the premise of the show is, have you seen this? Is this making Go any on. sense? No. They put two complete strangers on an island. it. Right. So it could be, a, it's usually a desert island, I think. Um, and the one the episode we watched, it was a desert island. These two strangers, a grown man and a grown woman, and I think you're allowed one luxury item and that's it. And you're naked. Whoa. Like, you don't have anything at all. You don't have sun cream or water or anything. Um, and then, obviously, they film you going slowly mad for <laughs> the entertainment. <laughs> of like. And there was this man and this woman, and they'd never met... And the woman, she's like, right, okay, um, we're going to gather up loads of palm leaves. She's made a hat. She's got a grass skirt. She's Every day right. she's going in the swamp to catch fallen coconuts. And she's like, right, we've got this. The man digs a hole and then he sits in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> With his bare hands, just That's digs a hole, is. gets in the hole. And she's like, <laughs> come on. And he's like well I'm out of the sun what do you want there's nothing to do what, I'm in the hole just, I'm just going to sit in my hole and amazingly they have a massive fight and they don't really get on and then I think <laughs> she's the one who ends up having to leave the island because she has some sort of breakdown with <laughs> dehydration Cause it, and he's just like I'm fine just leave me here in my hole and that's you know that's, that's that's humanity in a nutshell isn't
0: it it's all about our needs yeah. it's what, what's your level yeah Where can you settle?
1: And I don't think there's even a gender thing necessarily. I think there's definitely men and women who have those. Yeah, there's some people
0: who just want a hole.
1: Just want to be in the hole. Some people
0: who want to buy all the little uh, knickknacks on animal crossing and make their their house amazing.
1: Some people want the foot spa that matches their curtains. That's right. (laughs)
0: reading on a website that Nintendo were, were running and they were talking to some psychologists about what they thought Animal Crossing had represented during lockdown to people about and how it reflected something quite human and there's a brilliant thing that a, a, a woman called Dr Rachel Coher who's a psychologist with a mental health charity and she said that there are three things that people sort of uh, need which is a uh, competence the ability to do well and master something relatedness which we appreciate, uh, which is uh, connection and intimacy and autonomy, the power to make and enact our own decisions. All three of those things were completely absent in lockdown. Mm. People didn't have an answer, And there was a simulator that happened to come out in the first month of lockdown that said it would push those buttons and i was really interested by i mean the intimacy thing i kind of got it. was a chance to play with friends uh competence is interesting because i think that's one of the things that games give you is you master them you get good at things and i'm the the first moment i got good at catching a fish in animal crossing which is a bit tricky
1: oh i still haven't nailed it well done you
0: you can can do it but it's all to do with feeling when the fish is going to bite on your rod and it's all done through the little controllers they vibrate and things and as soon as you got it i went oh i'm good at that now and i could show off to people i can do this now uh but the one that i was really impressed by was a autonomy which is what you're talking about you wanted to go somewhere where you could make your own decisions and one of the things they were really worried about when they when they instituted lockdown they were really worried that saying we are removing your liberty that people would just riot and actually people went oh we understand what this is for and we're fairly well behaved the compliance was amazing
1: yeah i just wrote, i'm quite tired that's yeah.
0: fine <laughs> i went jigsaw sounds brilliant oh it's <laughs> a Having no autonomy, I think people didn't realise how stressful it was mm. not being able to make their own decisions. And, and having a little simulator that had... I've heard about that, the hierarchy of needs and things, and there's a little bit of that. You want shelter and food and things. But this game that simulated three things that might have been missing for you, they've accidentally stumbled upon something which was fulfilling a need that was missing.
1: Yeah, I think so. And again, I think it's the nature of the game. You can enjoy that in isolation or you can use it to make a connection with other yeah. humans and it's interesting what you're saying about all that that autonomy and, and and connection all that so also in lockdown i started streaming games on twitch for the right. first time basically because i didn't have again i like to as we've i like to do a thing i like yeah. to be busy and my, my 40 date comedy tour with my best mate was cancelled yeah so i, I counted up the the loss in ticket sales for a few weeks, then I had to stop (laughs) doing that because I just wanted to have a little cry. Um, And I sort of missed uh, missed that connection. And I started doing Twitch, not as a view to doing comedy or to replace the show, but just as an experiment. It started as an experiment and then it became, I sort of accidentally created this community, (laughs) which is still going. And I suddenly was making all these connections with people through again, through video games. Yeah, yeah. Um I didn't actually stream Animal Crossing only because that involved like hooking up some cables Not and that, that felt felt like too much effort. No. Whereas on PlayStation you just press a button and it makes it go on Twitch. So yeah, that's you, you know, want to
0: learn skills during lockdown, but you don't want to learn that one. Exactly. Italian cables, yes. yeah. no. Yeah. yeah.
1: That was a real lifesaver. And what's brilliant about Twitch, I think, and which is 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 that games gives you something to talk about yeah do you know what i mean if i was because i was at one point i was going live three nights a week for like two or three or four hours at a time and if it just been me talking to people i mean god nobody wants that yeah <laughs> but the game gives you a, something something to laugh about obviously which is you know yeah. oh look at this vikings funny haircut you know that will take a good 20 minutes on twitch and now and now weirdly i'm still i'm not playing animal crossing anymore but i am still on twitch and i still have that community
0: that's really interesting. I've not even thought about that. There's a lot about play and the idea of why, why humans need play. Like a lot of people, my kid watches a lot of YouTubers and they talk about gaming. And you go, God, how can you talk about gaming? Not realising that what previous generations did, they'd get their friends over and play bridge. Mm. Or they'd get their friends over and play Scrabble or Monopoly or a board game. And what it is, all that thing, or football or golf, whatever you do with your friends, if it's a game, if it is to do with play, and I think as a culture, because players been hijacked by big corporations so that we forget that football is a game. It's a thing that you're watching other people play. It's like Twitch. You're yeah. watching other people be good at a thing you're not good at. Um, or, or, or or be bad if you go to your local team.
1: Oh, with me, it's definitely yeah. bad. People come yeah. to literally laugh at yeah. me being awful. Uh, I can't even summon a horse properly without actually slicing it in half. You <laughs> There's know, a that communal
0: sort of focus that you gather together. And, mm. and the new version of this is to all gather together and, and as a focus for conversation and for human contact, not religion not politics not the news not going on on twitter and getting angry at what's happened in in the news today but having something silly to talk about it's the same thrill you get watching a bad movie together
1: yeah but then again with twitch i think sometimes those things because it's a community, those things can get incorporated as well. So, so every Friday night and Tuesdays as well. But every Friday night, nine o'clock, I play video games on the internet, and unbelievably, people come and watch me do that. <laughs> I don't understand it either, but people do. And so we have we we chat, and we try to make. I try very hard to not make it. It, you know, a little club or a little yeah, cult. Yeah. It's meant to be inclusive but there were in-jokes in naturally occur but also sometimes serious things happen in the real world. So, um, I've, one of my viewers, Rickleton, um, who's, he, he's British but he lives in Arkansas and, you know, the day that Roe versus Wade kind yeah, of yeah. was overturned, you know, that, that did come up in the chat because that's, you know, if we yeah, were yeah. all like Oh, you know, and, I mean, it helps that we're all sort of quite like-minded people yeah. with similar political leanings. Um, but you've made a tribe. But yes, have I've accidentally done a tribe. Unbelievable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you are, of course, the leader of that tribe. I'm, and I worship it as a god. I
1: prefer the word queen, Joel, <laughs> if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah so, and, and roles naturally emerge and do get assigned. So um, there's, there's a girl called Weathervanes. In real life, she's a cartographer. And it's naturally happened that she is in charge of working out where I'm going. So when I get lost (laughs) in medieval Norway, she'll be like, no, Ellie, it was the second cave on the left. Go back, go back. People bring
0: skill sets.
1: Yeah, Rickleton names the horses. He's very good at horse nicknames. Uh, Richie and Tombo do just the filthiest jokes you can imagine. You know, everyone's skill sets naturally emerge.
0: This has come up before when I've done games on this podcast where Paul Litchfield came and talked about Dungeons and Dragons. And within minutes, we were talking, instead of talking about the game, or or the mechanics of the game or or how it was invented we were talking about the people who played it and the tribe that gathers around it and the fact that that was that had its own in jokes and it became a little sort of unit of society and again i think that's something about play that's really important that if you have a gang of you that play the same game or watch someone play a game it's just this fire around which you gather Mm. the game itself needs to be good can't be shit it can't be hard to play but eventually it just becomes a reason why you're all together and that's no different than you all following tottenham yeah it's what have you agreed is your thing or, or liking the tv series or something but, but again sin- with games is, what's
1: great is you can you can change it up because there are so many games about so many different things so we played a lot of valhalla uh, recently as well we played a lot of um interactive erotic fiction really which is yeah <laughs> So there's all these mobile games. Switch? Uh, <laughs> I think it's still in Nintendo QA. Um But um there's all these games with names like Whispers and Choices <laughs> And they, and then you go. They sound in, like light ch-
0: hot chocolate drinks. Oh, it's awful! It is,
1: it's awful. And you go, in, and then you can pick a book, and they're all called things like the Nanny Affair, and you are this hot nanny, and you get to choose whether to like try and have it off with the billionaire, or just do your job that you've been assigned to do and look
0: after his so children. The horned and stuff dog of like Far Mountain kind it's, of thing. It's,
1: it's all very true, but it's all multiple choice questions, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's all like, do you a excuse yourself for the children's bath time? Or B, try to touch his penis. You know, it's all sort of like that. The, the, the grown-up, is, yeah, to be clear. Thank God. Um, yes. So so that became... That was a democratic exercise. I'd be like, right, vote vote now. Yeah, one, yeah. two, three people would type one, two, three, and then we'd make decisions, um, which were always the same. It was always like, can we get it in? What's the most likely way to get it in? We want to see some, some flesh. And, it, yeah, they're all designed, of course. It's all a massive tease. You don't actually get anywhere. I did get a job in a strip club at one point, and that was quite good. But even then... <laughs> Didn't get. In, couldn't see it going in and out. Nothing.
0: It's worse than Sam Fox strip poker on the yeah. spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> never, oh. never works out.
1: Oh, that picture of her in the scarf, like the Invisible Man at a fancy dress party. <laughs> I
0: found this great quote from someone who was in California. You know when someone's a a professor or something, you're not a real professor, but it was a really good quote. He's a professor, uh, a doctor who studies things that uh, play and how humans use play and why humans sort of stay in an arrested state of playing much longer than animals are hunting for food, and we're not. We we carry on playing much, much longer. We take a long time to become grown-ups. We have an extended childhood, and so he said play is really important for grown-ups. And he said, the opposite of play isn't work. The opposite of play is depression. Oh. And I love that. Like, oh, it's important. And it's to do with, and I've been looking into this because I've been doing stuff about comedy for this book I'm writing. Being playful with ideas and play as a thing is a way of keeping your brain busy and trying, because your day might be quite boring. You might have quite a repetitive job that earns you money. It might be the same every day. you might be the same commute every day. And by play, and I include fiction in that, watching drama, making up stories, playing video games, you go somewhere different. Mm. And it's constantly stimulating. Different. Your house may have looked the same for 10 years because you can't afford to put new furniture in. But you can be in an environment that is stimulating and different by playing a video game where you can decorate your house differently. Maybe you can't afford to decorate your house. Yeah. And it's an unlimited doll's house. It's a place you can go. It's an unlimited place to decorate. It's an unlimited Lego set. You can keep building with it forever. And it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that will keep your brain busy. And that's the opposite of depression, is, is constant stimulation. People, when they have a, a gaming experience, whether it's Dungeons & Dragons or playing a Twitch thing with their friends, they come back and tell stories, like war stories of it, like they would do if, if they'd been on an amazing transcontinental road trip. The experiences are really real for people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The, the things that, that happen in them. And I think one of the reasons... Animal Crossing works so well is because it knows what it is. It knows yeah. it's a video game, and it's not pretending.
0: Animal Crossing knows its limits. It's just a game experience. A yeah. really simple. It's not meant to be a movie. I think what's what's fun about it, the cockroaches is brilliant because I got really really stressed when I went back and there were cockroaches. But it's the perfect low stakes trauma. Right. And the great thing about Animal Crossing is that the promise of total low stakes throughout. A lovely sort of. Fireman Sam, children's program level of stakes. Yeah. That's incredibly uh, appealing.
1: And again, in a lovely setting that makes you feel like you're on holiday, it's sort yeah. of like Love Island, but with more raccoons and less fingering.
0: The only stressful thing, the only stressful thing I used to find playing Animal Crossing is that when you catch a fish or catch a bug, there's a little bubble that appears over your head, and he tells a joke. It's like a cracker joke, like a dad joke. It's a pun. Right. And you catch a sea bass, and he goes, It's not a sea bass, it's at least a C. Plus. Oh, and wow. I, and I got really triggered by that because I imagined being the British comedy writer who had to write all of those, because <laughs> that's definitely the job I was doing before lockdown and
1: right. would probably
0: be called up to do it at some point. And at least oh. they used to worry me, it's the dad jokes in it.
1: Or maybe, or maybe it's just some poor copywriter there. Maybe they didn't even hire a. Co- they should have hired you. This is what this is what this whole episode is. It's just you want to get hired to write the jokes for the next anniversary. Next time, of course, that's I want to do those gags, is. the
0: puns, the dad puns. Yeah,
1: yeah. Fair enough.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know why they're there. I mean, I, don't, I assume they're not translated directly from the Japanese. It's not like sort of asterisks. This astonishing transnational linguistic exercise in, in puns that work in eighty languages. <laughs> I assume some underpaid BBC staff has done that job.
1: But. It might just be that. So my first job in games was as a copywriter at playstation in like right. 2002 and so one of my jobs was to um so we'd get for example a namco game made in japan like time crisis 3 we get them we get the japanese manual which had been translated not always brilliantly Amazing. into english and then i had to do it in sort of i had to localize it into sort of you know, British English basically, and and of the grammar. About, There's yeah, been a time like, crisis. Crikey, O lighty, that's not even a phrase. Don't know where that came from. Yeah. Oh, where's my automatic machine gun, Mary Poppins? That sort. Yeah, could completely Dick
0: Van Dyke the shit
1: out. Yeah. And I did, I did because look, it was it was a great it was great time to work at PlayStation. It was a really fun job. I really liked the people. Also, it was a bit bored sometimes and i did sometimes feel like a bit morally reprehensible for like basically i would write the bits on the backs of the boxes and think about when i was a kid and i had my oh. birthday money and i and i'd be writing these bullet points this game i knew was awful and thinking i did not know how long i could do it so i didn't do it for very long
0: tricking but, children out of their pocket i know, money.
1: i felt like a scammer. oh that winnie the pooh game oh it wasn't oh. worth the cd it was printed on <laughs> um but uh I remember actually with Namco I used to get in trouble because like I would I'd be like localise it I'll localise it so in the little character profiles you know because it's Japanese games often it'll be like name Robert Baxter which is like the most western name they can think of (laughs) blood type B because that's like a thing culturally in Japan and then I would put like uh, Origins Lewisham and then (laughs) UK (laughs) and then I would put like Hobbies lead singer Fleetwood Mac tribute band (laughs) And then it would come back from like Namco, from Jackie at Namco with a little post it note going, Um, where did the copywriter get the information that Robert is from Lewisham? Because that doesn't seem to be in the original Japanese files and then I'd the go, You are ruining yeah, the canon. Got in trouble. The product manager thought it was hilarious but we couldn't get it past Namco, so yeah, it was a shame. <laughs> A, I do have a confession to make as well. I feel I need to just come clean yeah. about something, Joel. So obviously the podcast is called Comfort Blanket. You know that. Mm. Uh, and I've listened to a lot of episodes. I really like it. And okay. I like, and and you know, it feels like the definition is a comfort blanket is something you go back to, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. For comfort. Now I hadn't played the game since lockdown right. really. And I obviously went back it for this because I'm very diligent a uh, professional and wanted to try and think of some jokes. So I went back to it and played <laughs> it, and I've played it, and it's fine. And if I'm honest, I feel like maybe I shouldn't have. You look, you can cut this out of its entire you your podcast. I don't know if I will go back to it, and I feel sad because it was such a great comfort blanket to me at the time. That's why I picked it for this podcast because I remember it as this hugely comforting, warm, yeah. cozy thing. And now the world's moved on, and I've moved on. And I've done quite a lot in it. I've got my big house. I've got my little, you know, my stuff, my nice app. I don't know that I, it might be of its time. Are you you sad you invited me? No,
0: (laughs) I was about to say, I went back to have a look. Partly because I've been nagged because of my birthday. And I went back and went, I don't know what I saw in this. Mm. Now, obviously, it is a brilliant game. And I quite like the fact that it's got an interesting relationship with addiction. Because it was addictive. I couldn't stop Mm. playing it. I was like you. In fact, I think you were the first person I know who said this is brilliant, and I think I got it for for, for the family. Sorry, you, so sorry. No, no, you you were the pusher, uh, <laughs> and you said you, you're like nicotine, and you, you you got me into the dangerous <laughs> thing. But I just I um so I played it, and I, it was an obsession to the extent that we had to buy a second set for my wife because she was on it so much that it caused fights. Um, I played it as well, and I've been playing it this week and gone, oh, it's all right. But it's got limited play value and i think it was designed to have that it's designed to be a small non-addictive dip in and dip out game that you could drop in and i think it must have taken them by surprise and reading interviews with them i think it did they went people are playing it all day and i think we exhausted it i don't think it was it was but it's got a lovely feeling we're talking about it as a toy it feels like going up in the loft and pulling down a toy that you loved I'm yeah. really, I mean, it's just like a toy story. I'm feeling a bit sentimental, but a play set or a little, or a little garage with some cars and yeah, brushing house. off the
1: cockroaches. Yeah. And
0: exactly. <laughs> it feels like that. And you go back and go, this was really important mm. for a bit, but I don't know if I need it anymore as yeah. much as I did. Yeah. I'm with you.
1: And 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 that's not to say I don't need something to fulfil the purpose it serves. Yeah. I definitely, I, I thought about the games I've played since Animal Crossing and I've played a lot of games that uh, might be dissimilar in theme or structure or platform, but they serve a similar purpose, which is to, I like games often that are about putting things in order and and fulfilling a task. So I like I really liked Farmville when that came yeah. out. I played a lot of Heyday. I played a game called Everdale, which is where you have a little village.
0: Did you do Wilmot's Warehouse? No. Oh, what's that? That literally is about putting things in order. Charlie Brooker oh, told like me about it. it literally, it's oh, literally no. like sorting uh, Scrabble tiles.
1: Oh, thanks, Joel. That's the next yeah. six months of my life if, gone. If
0: you're OCD, just don't go anywhere <laughs> oh, near <no>! it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah.
1: no. Um, and the most recent one, I love this one, is a game called Airplane Chefs. <laughs> So when I was little, I wanted to be three things. I wanted to be a video games journalist or an air hostess or an astronaut right. I didn't care which one I've achieved one of those things but I'm a bit sad that I might never do the other two but right. airplane chefs you're just an air hostess <laughs> on an airplane and you have to put the little the garlic sauce and the little you have to heat up the chicken and you have to give them the donuts and the pillows and oh my god it makes it's so me so happy. happy So happy! it's so good I highly and again it's just I had the flu recently and I didn't reach for Amron Crossing I reached for airplane chefs because it felt like I was achieving mm. something even though I couldn't get out of bed and even though all I could achieve was serving fictional gin and tonics <laughs> to people on an airplane that doesn't
0: exist. But that's what we're talking about. It's a, it's a game that's not only is it a good game in its own right but it fulfills a need. It, it occupies a gap. Mm. Something you go I need to have a place I can go to that's like this. And I think maybe what makes Animal Crossing a magical one of those is it came along at a time where people went, I am desperate. I'm in a weird, psychedelically unusual, this will never happen again, state Mm. of distress. And whatever, it was that year's Airplane Chefs. Yeah. And thank God (laughs) it was really good. Yes. Because, I mean, if you're like you or me, I threw myself into it completely. But at that moment, I don't think I needed anything more. Yeah. It was it was it was a hunger for that comfort, whatever it could provide.
1: And and how lucky I'm grateful I am that we that we had that and that it did that for me. And sometimes I think it's sometimes things maybe look a bit weird with perspective, but at yeah. the time, like, so when my son Joe, he's he's seven now, right? And he's super yeah. healthy. That's the headline story because everyone, everyone makes a face, put their heads on the side, yeah. but he was born two months early. Right. um, And obviously that was incredibly stressful and he nearly died and he was in hospital for six weeks and it was awful. And then he survived and he got home and not the most difficult bit, but then this whole new difficult bit started after we got home because when you have a premature baby, for me anyway... Um, you're like, you're in this awful horror film. And then, if you're lucky enough, like I was, to have a happy yeah. ending, it's like, oh, it's the end of the film. And everybody, including you, is like, brilliant. It's the end of the film. It's the end of the horror yeah. film. Now the happy film starts and now it's all fine. But of course, it, it doesn't really because you've just been through a huge yeah. car crash event and you're breastfeeding. And you've, in my case, you've got another child and nobody's having any sleep <laughs> yeah. and you feel crackers and you haven't really processed what you've all been through. There's trauma. Yeah, your your family is, has been fractured yeah. Um, in ways that you don't really understand and you're too sleep-deprived to process a minute. So all of that. And um, I did read the life-changing magic of Marie Kondo <laughs> several times and chucked out a lot of stuff and put a lot of my stuff in order. And at one point I labelled all the shelves in my fridge freezer. <laughs> so like dairy and meat yeah. and vegetables, not obsessively to the point where I had to do it. I I didn't get upset if someone didn't put things away properly or it wasn't like Vegetables that. A
0: to C, yeah. D to F.
1: <laughs> I do have an alpha spice straw to okay, this good, day, good, good. but that's another story. But um that's just for convenience. Um but my best friend Jessie, who I've known all my life, she said to me years later, she was like, I knew you were in trouble. Because I didn't know I was in trouble. As yeah. well. I didn't know I was mad. I was too busy just getting through the day. She said, I knew you were in trouble when I came and opened your fridge and you'd labelled all the shelves. And I said, well, but why didn't you say anything? And no. she said, because I knew that that's what was getting you through. Yes. That was your coping mechanism. She said, why would I have taken that away from you? It might have been crackers, but it wouldn't have hurt. It wasn't hurting anyone else.
0: Sorry. Yeah. That's the most amazing thing. Sometimes it's not... You talk about a comfort blanket. And I was just thinking about it. I was trying to think, it's not a comfort blanket. It's more like a life raft. And I went, no, it's not a comfort blanket. It's one of those blankets they put around you when you're cold. Yeah. One of those ones you put around you when you're shivering. Like well, the you're... shit
1: space ones are really yeah. crackly. Yeah. Yeah, It's one of those <laughs>
0: where, you, where where basically without it, you might shake. You might be in distress. It's, a, it's, it's that sort of comfort. And yeah. sometimes the weirdest thing can be what you need when you're traumatised.
1: Yeah. And now I don't have labels in my fridge anymore but I do have an alphabetized spice drawer and you know I do still sometimes I lay awake at night thinking should ground cumin go under G or C but the point is if you know you know someone who's playing Animal Crossing for 70 or 80 (laughs) hours a week like you and I were why take that away from them? Maybe, maybe it's the only <laughs> thing keeping them... Maybe it's all they have. <laughs> and they'll grow out
0: of it. What a wonderful thing. Thank you so much for bringing Animal Crossing.
1: Oh, thank you for, for letting me have it. I'm sorry it wasn't in keeping with the whole premise of your series.
0: I'm going to go for emergency lifer right after the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Comfort Blanket was presented and produced by Joel Morris. Cheese and Pickle family of podcasts. Find us on social media and don't forget to like and subscribe.
1: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad.
0: High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.